Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah, as promised, uh, today's discussion regarding At-Taraweeh, the cycles, the number of cycles performed in At-Taraweeh, because the pseudo-Salafi sect, they have made this an issue of dispute that the 20 rak'at, meaning 20 cycles of At-Taraweeh, have been deemed as bid'ah innovation by some of them and so, some people are encouraged to leave after eight after having prayed eight cycles so this is something which is in opposition to the four sunni schools the school of al-imam abu hanifa al-imam muhammad bin idris al-shafi'i al-imam ahmad bin hanbal and al-imam malik bin anas radiyallahu anhum ajma'in they all agree that the number of cycles performed in Taraweeh are 20 cycles. Al-Imam Al-Tirmidhi, the author of Al-Jami' meaning the work known as Al-Sunan, he mentions regarding Al-Imam Al-Shafi'i and many of the scholars of Al-Salafu Salihun, the pious predecessors, they followed the position of 20 cycles of Taraweeh. Now the, the term Taraweeh is from Tarweeha because it's a rest, meaning a rest taken after every four cycles. So in the time of Sayyiduna Umar, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he came into the masjid and he observed different groups of people performing taraweeh alone. Why were they doing this? They were doing this because in the time of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, came out and led At-Taraweeh prayer for two or three nights. On one of the nights, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa did not come out. Why? He gave the reasoning in order that the Taraweeh is not obligated on the Muslims, that it does not become a fard. Therefore, it was a sunnah. But what people did afterwards is when the nights of Ramadan would come, they would make little groups and they would recite the Taraweeh in little groups, one person leading a small group of people in one part of the masjid, another person leading a group of people in another part of the masjid. So Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu gathered them under one imam, which is mentioned as Sayyiduna Ubay bin Ka'ab radiallahu anhu, to lead the people in prayer. And he ordered them, to lead the people in prayer and the number of rak'at cycles is mentioned in the narration as being 20 cycles. So from the time of Sayyiduna Umar ta'ala anhu until today, the number of cycles performed in Makkah al-Mukarramah and al-Madinatul Munawarah, even though in al-Madinatul Munawarah, they would increase the cycles. So the minimum number of cycles was 20 rak'at. But why do some people insist on eight cycles of Taraweeh being the prophetic Sunnah? This is what I wanted to present, an elucidation, a summary of the entire subject. That we can understand this uh, with, uh, in a concise, clear way. Firstly, the number of rak'at the Messenger of Allah sallallahu led the people in is not authentically reported. It is only reported from Abdullah bin Abbas 
رضي الله عنهما in the مصنف بابن وبي شيبة and other works that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa performed 20 rak'at. This is weak. The hadith is weak. Isnaduhu da'if. But the report of Sayyidatuna Aisha radiallahu anha in the Sahih of Imam al-Bukhari, famous hadith, where she describes the Qiyamul Layl, the night vigil or the, the night worship of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa as being eight cycles. And she mentions the length and the beauty of the, the cycles, famous hadith. She states this was the night vigil, the night worship, in Ramadan and out of Ramadan. This is the basis from which people have deduced eight cycles of Taraweeh. Even though our short response to that is that that is describing Qiyamul Layl, which was performed in the house. So the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would always perform this Qiyamul Layl throughout Ramadan and out of Ramadan, which were eight cycles. If you add the Witr, uh, three cycles, the narration mentions 11. So 8 and 3 makes 11. In some of the narrations, the number of cycles is mentioned as being 13 because an additional two cycles is mentioned. But where do we get the number 20 from in which narrations? Aside from the weak narration of Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu anhuma, is the narration of Yazid bin Husayfa. From As-Sa'ib bin Yazid, he reports that Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu placed an imam, Ubay bin Ka'ab, and in another narration, Sayyiduna Tamim al-Dari radiallahu anhuma to lead the people in prayer in 20 cycles, 20 raka'at. And they would recite for so long that the, the companions would recline on their staffs, on their walking sticks, and then they would leave just before the, the dawn prayer entered, meaning during suhoor time, meaning their, their qiyam is very long. But 20 cycles are mentioned in this hadith. Now this particular hadith is narrated by Imam al-Bayhaqi in his sunan. This is the foundation. There are additional reports, like in the musannaf of Ibn Abi Shayba, that Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, and Ubay bin Ka'ab, and Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu anhum from all of these companions and numerous of the tabi'een, the successors, that they performed 20 cycles of taraweeh. So there are numerous narrations. But what happened is that a Shaykh Nasiruddin al-Albani, who is the, one of the leading scholars of the modern pseudo-Salafi movement, aside from writing works like Sifatu Salatin Nabi, the Prophet's prayer described, meaning he wrote a book where he launched an assault on the followers of the four schools and then claimed that he follows the Quran and Hadith directly from its sources. Even though later in that book he condemned the, the four schools for having manuals of fiqh which have no proof. Meaning if you pick up a small book like Mukhtasar al-Quduri, you read the fiqh work, you will not find proof for the ruling. He condemned them for this action or this practice. But later on, he condensed the work Sifatu Salat in Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam himself, 
meaning he condensed his own work and then he removed the hadith sources and the hadith citations saying this is to make it easy for the layman meaning he went and did what he condemned from the four schools but he wrote a book on Taraweeh which is published in Saudi Arabia even though the scholars of Saudi Arabia some of them refuted him on this and the practice within the Haram Al-Haramul Makki in Al-Masjid Al-Haram in Makkah Al-Mukarramah and Al-Madinatul Munawarah is to pray 20 cycles of Taraweeh meaning this has continued from the time of Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu a continuous practice of 20 rakat. but the summary of his proof was in this work that he tried to weaken the hadith of Yazid bin Khusayfa saying that there is another version of the same hadith from Muhammad bin Yusuf who narrates also from Asa'ib bin Yazid Muhammad, Muhammad bin Yusuf narrates in one narration that the Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu anhu ordered them to pray 11 rak'at meaning 8 rak'at of taraweeh and 3 rak'at of witr so he says there is a contradiction between the two narrations but the narration of Muhammad bin Yusuf is preferable to the narration of Yazid bin Khusayfa this is the summary of his argument how do we counter this claim the claim is made on three bases meaning the basis for this claim is three things number one is he claims that Muhammad bin Yusuf the one who narrates eight rakat or eleven rakat is more trustworthy than, than Yazid bin Khusayfa. Therefore, we give preference to this narration. This is the summary of, of his proof. The response to this is preference is only given when there is a contradiction between both narrations. What we claim in response to this is that there is no contradiction between the narrations. One narrator is narrating less number of rak'at cycles, the other is narrating more. Therefore, we go by following the narrator who, nar- who narrates more rak'at cycles, we act on both hadith, meaning there is no contradiction. Because by practicing 20, you also practice the eight, meaning the cycles that are mentioned in the hadith of eight. Even though, and this rule is summarized by the scholars of hadith, the likes of Al-Imam Jalaluddin, Abdul Rahman Al-Suyuti, Rahimallahu Ta'ala in Tadribu Rawi, and Ibn Salah, Rahimallah, when they mention the rule pertaining to science of hadith, if there is a contradiction between two hadith, then you give preference to one hadith or the other. But here there is no contradiction. One is mentioning less number of cycles, and toward the end I will mention that Muhammad bin Yusuf also narrates 20 cycles. Muhammad bin Yusuf also narrates 20 cycles. He, he doesn't only n- mention 8 or 11. He also mentions 20, meaning 20 cycles of taraweeh. If we exclude the witr, the witr can either be one, which is the school of Imam Shafi'i, or the witr can be three cycles, which, which is the school of Imam Abu Hanifa, 
Rahimahumullah Ta'ala. Additional to that, that Yahya bin Ma'in, Yahya bin Ma'in, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, who is one of the contemporaries of Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, he describes Hus- uh, Yazid bin Husayfa as being thiqatun hujjatun. When he describes him as being thiqatun hujjatun, which means trustworthy and approved, this makes him equal to Muhammad bin Yusuf in narrations. They would be deemed as being equal. Therefore, this point is rejected. The second point upon which he builds his argument is regarding Al-Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahimahullah ta'ala is reported to have said in Mizanul I'tidal of Al-Imam al-Dhahabi that bin, uh, Yazid bin Khusayfa is Munkar al-Hadith. Munkar al-Hadith generally in the, mutakhir, in the latecomers would mean rejected, meaning Munkar, meaning something rejected. How do we respond to this claim? The response is that any student of knowledge of ulum al-hadith, specifically the science of hadith, will be able to tell you that the early generation, when they would use the word munkar al-hadith regarding narrators, they would mean this narrator is alone in narrating that hadith. And this is this point is mentioned by Imam Ibn Hajar rahimahullah ta'ala. So when Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal states regarding Yazid bin Khusayfa that he is Munkarul Hadith, he does not mean his hadith are rejected, it means sometimes he narrates narrations in which he is isolated, he is alone in narrating those narrations. It doesn't mean the narration is rejected. The, the scholar, Sheikh Nasiruddin al Albani, also mentions that Mizanul I'tidal, that Al Imam al Zahabi places Yazid bin Khusayfa in. Mizanul I'tidal, therefore this means he is weak. But this is incorrect. If you check the introduction of Al-Imam al-Zahabi rahimullah ta'ala to Mizanul I'tidal, he mentions that in this work he places also authentic and trustworthy narrators. Why does he place trustworthy and authentic narrators in a book of criticism? Because there is, there are very few narrators regarding whom there is no criticism. Meaning you will find criticism for many narrators of hadith. So Khusayfa bin Yazid, Yazid bin Khusayfa being placed in Mizanul I'tidal is not a reason to weaken him. So this point by Sheikh Nasiruddin al-Albani is also rejected because Al-Imam al-Zahabi rahimahullah ta'ala states that sometimes uh, that he places trustworthy narrators in Mizanul I'tidal also. So Al-Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal stating Munkar al-Hadith is not the same as latecomers who would say, when they say munkar, they mean the hadith is rejected. It means the person is isolated. The third point and the third claim that he made regarding the narration of Yazid bin Khusayfa, he said there is ittirab, meaning a muttarib hadith. Is, this term is a hadith used in mustalahul hadith, the science of hadith terminology, is when a hadith is shaky, meaning it can be contradicting something more authentic, meaning there is a more specific definition of muttarib al-hadith. Is this correct? The answer is no. The Why does he say it's muttarib? He says it's muttarib because in one narration of Yazid bin Khusayfa, he mentions 
a different number of cycles. In another narration, he mentions a different number of cycles. So therefore, he says the hadith is shaky. But how do we respond to this claim? How we respond to this claim is that the narrator Muhammad bin Yusuf, upon whom he re- relies upon, meaning Sheikh Nasiruddin al-Albani relies upon the narrator Muhammad bin Yusuf. Muhammad bin Yusuf himself narrates different number, numbers of cycles. In one narration he, he mentions 11, in one narration he mentions 13, in another narration he mentions 20 himself. So therefore that would make his hadith muttarib also, which is not the case. So what, what do the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah follow? They follow the narration of 20 rak'at of cycles. Why? Muhammad bin Yusuf himself narrates the 20, number, uh, 20 cycles also in the Musannaf of Abdul Razak. Abdul Razak, rahimahullah ta'ala, was a muhaddith from Sana'a in Yemen. He compiled a famous work which is known as the Musannaf, a type of hadith work. To counter this point, a Sheikh Nasiruddin al-Albani states that this scholar of hadith after the year 200, his memory failed him and he would mix up his hadith. Therefore, this hadith must be from those hadith which he, he narrated after the year 200. And the people at Wright Street or Salafi bookstore, they will read this and accept this. Meaning there, there is no research on their part. But how do we respond to this? When the scholars of hadith state that Abdul Zaq, rahimallahu ta'ala, he's had, he had ikhtilat, meaning he mixed up his hadith, they are referring to those hadith which are not found in the Musannaf. Meaning any hadith he narrated after the year 200. While the Musannaf of Abdul Razak was compiled prior to the year 200, therefore this hadith is not a part of that criticism. This is the summary of uh, the work of Sheikh Nasruddin al-Albani and its refutation. But it gives us a good idea of how people who rely on his hadith research or blindly follow his hadith research without double-checking everything will fall into mistakes. But throughout the centuries, the scholars have been following the narration of 20 rakat. So the only proof that they have is the narration of Sayyidatuna Aisha radiallahu anha, which is not proof for them because it describes the Qiyamul Layl, which is eight rakat in Ramadan and out of Ramadan. The Taraweeh itself has been narrated, different narrations mentioning 11, 13 and 20. But it has been authentically reported from Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu and Abdullah bin Mas'ud and Ubay bin Ka'ab radiallahu anhum and others from the Tabi'een, from the successors, that they performed 20 cycles of Taraweeh. And this practice has continued in the Haram, Al-Haram al-Makki until this day. Until today, this practice has continued. So therefore, the, the, this answers the question regarding 20 cycles uh, of Taraweeh. There are additional questions, and if you can, uh, if there are any questions in the comments section, you can also write down uh, the questions in the comment section for me and pass them over. We have questions uh, relating to other subjects here. One is, 
Can normal worshippers reserve their positions before tarawih? Uh, the answer is no, this is disliked. Uh, for someone to reserve a position in the masjid, there are some reports regarding this. Uh, it is disliked for someone to reserve any position uh, and not allow others to take up that position in the masjid. Second question, why is salawat and salam sent upon the Prophet ﷺ routinely before Isha Adhan? Is this not considered innovation? The salawat and salam before the Adhan is something which was uh, done from the time of a Sultan Salahuddin al-Ayubi rahimallahu ta'ala who, who ordered this practice and other salateen, other rulers. It would be considered desirable. Is it from the bid'ah? Uh, it would not fall under bid'ah munkara, rejected bid'ah or bid'ah sayyi'ah. This discussion goes on to taqseemul bid'ah because there are two positions. One position is bid'ah has five judgments, five rulings. This is the position of the majority of the scholars. Al-Imam Shafi'i rahimallahu ta'ala divided bid'ah into two types. Bid'ah hasana, good bid'ah, and bid'ah munkara, bid'ah which is rejected. The other group of scholars like Al-Imam Shatibi and Abu Abbas Ahmad bin Taymiyyah, they categorize bid'ah as only being one type which is bad bid'ah, meaning all bid'ah is bad. The majority of the scholars who then divided bid'ah into five categories, they would deem this as being bid'ah hasana because it has a basis in the sunnah. What, uh, so the hadith مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَا مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ فَهُوَ Whoever introduces into this religion of ours, which is not from it, it is rejected. The meaning of that hadith would mean anything which has no principal basis for that practice. Additional to that, مَنْ سَنَّ فِي الْإِسْلَامِ سُنَّةً حَسَنَةً Whoever introduces into Islam a good practice, فَلَهُ أَجْرُهَا وَأَجْرُ مَنْ عَمِلَ بِهَا he has the reward of it and the reward of those who act according to it. This is not referring as Salih al-Uthaymin, one of the Salafi scholars, contemporary to Sheikh Nasiruddin. He claimed this hadith is referring to prophetic sunnah, whoever revives a prophetic sunnah. But if you read the hadith completely found in the Sahih of Imam Muslim, the hadith states, مَنْ سَنَّ فِي الْإِسْلَامِ سُنَّةً سَيِّئَةً فَلَهُ وِزْرُهَا وَوِزْرُ مَنْ عَمِلَ بِهَا Whoever introduces into Islam a bad practice and he will have its sin and the sin of, of those who act according to it. Therefore, the word sunnah here is not referring to a prophetic practice. It is referring to a new practice which will have two judgments. Either the practice will have a basis in the Quran and the sunnah and it will have it will fall into one of the five judgments or it will have no basis and it will be rejected of course the five judgments uh, one of the bid'ah in there is uh, or two of the bid'ah in there are those bid'ah which are rejected so reciting salawat and salam prayers and salutations upon the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam before the adhan does not fall under bid'ah munkara can a male perform taraweeh at home? If so, under what circumstances? It is permitted for the males to perform taraweeh at home. It is sunnah mu'akkada kifaya, 
communal obligation that a congregation be held in the masjid, meaning a communal obligation. If so, can they repeat the same surah or are they allowed to keep the Quran open and read from it during the taraweeh? Uh, they are permitted to recite the same surah again and again, but what is the ruling on holding the Quran and reciting from the Quran? The answer is twofold. In the Shafi'i school, this is permitted. They base this on the hadith of Sayyidatuna Aisha radiallahu anha, uh, which mentions that uh, a person would recite the Quran from the Mus'haf and lead people in the prayer from the actual Mus'haf. The Shafi'is take this ruling. But in our school, the Hanafi school, this would invalidate the prayer. This would actually invalidate the prayer. Therefore, it is not permitted in the Hanafi school. Do the Hanafis have proof? The answer is yes, both schools have proof. Meaning, our methodology is not like the uh, pseudo-Salafi methodology that claims to follow the Quran and Hadith and rejects the rulings of the school of the four schools. The four schools are based upon the ijtihad of the companions. Meaning where the companions differed, the four schools adopted those different positions. Can you watch TV during Ramadan? Meaning the person uh, intends to ask, is it permitted to watch TV during Ramadan? It depends on what you watch. Meaning, if you watch things out of Ramadan which are haram, they would be haram. If you watch things which are permitted in Sharia, then it would be permitted. So like, it, this depends on what you watch. Meaning, if you watch uh, it's, uh, uh, something like this, a discussion like this, then it is permitted. If you watch something which is haram, then it is haram in Ramadan and out of Ramadan. Can you break fast if... Gums bleed, uh, the person intends to ask, do, uh, do, does the fast break if gums bleed? If the bleeding enters the throat, goes down the throat, then the fast would be invalidated. The person makes up one qada, one fast. Does with prayer have to be with jama'ah? Uh, if you perform your fard with jama'ah, then you perform your witr with jama'ah also. But if you miss your fard with jama'ah, are you permitted to perform the witr with jama'ah? The answer is yes, even though this is disputed in the Hanafi school. But does it have to be with jama'ah? The answer is no. Uh, is wearing cream for the lips permitted? Meaning to stop uh, dry lips? The answer is yes, it is permitted. As, as long as you do not start tasting the the lip uh, the the lip balm that they place jazallahu anna sayyidina muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam ma huwa ahluhu subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al mursalin walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin